Internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Ann Tucker and we just have the best time. I actually have a pen and my pad handy because this lady is somebody that I not only respect but I learn from and I'm so excited because she's going to talk to us today about becoming a co-creator in our own success and this is a very, you know, great concept because many of us work at home, we work alone, we have our clients. So I know I need to connect to something bigger in my business. And Anne, you're just the one to teach us how to do it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I love spending time with you and talking with you. <laughs> well, and where can people find you? Because if they're listening at home or they're on their computer or on their phone, what should they look up while we're doing our show? I'm at AnnTucker.com, and I've got a new Facebook group that's, uh, that is super fun, where we do all kinds of healing on your business, and it's called Spirit Means Business, and it's on Facebook, so you can look us up there. Love that. Love that. So let's talk about co-creation. What does that really mean? Gosh, you know, when I think of co-creation, it gets to the, to the fact that we, okay, we are all creators, right? For sure. We're all individual. We're creating in every moment through our perception, um, through the way that we approach our reality. We're creating every experience that we have. Um, and I can go into that, that, that whole concept that we're creating our reality, I think is, that's a subject that really, you can really expand and go into that. But, but at the same time, we are, so we're creating with our perception. We're also creating as we are divine creators. So it's not only how we filter, but it's also our creative energy. So in every moment it's, we are, we are creating it with our filters and that's part of it. And then the other part is that divine inspiration that comes through us. So it's a, it's a cooperative process. It's us, our earthly incarnation, and it's our divine inspiration. That's so it's a, it's, it's through the whole, to me, co-creating is us, uh, both as we understand us, ourselves, um, physically here on the planet and the limitations that we experience and the blocks that we've got. And then it's also our higher selves. So it's, it's both co-creating. And then you can expand beyond that and say, we are also co-creating with the people around us. So it gets into that whole idea that that um, you rise to the level of the five, of your five closest friends, right? Who do you surround yourself with? That you you also co-create in that way by who you surround yourself with. So, so to me, the way that we create our experience in the world is um, really just a reflection of the things that are flowing through us, the things that are inside of us, and the people that are around us. Makes sense. So it's kind of like partnering with you and the universe, the environment, like really everything that you come in contact with. Yes, absolutely. And that it's, and through that, that combination of factors is that is what dictates what you experience every day. It's what dictates what, what's coming up for you in the near future. 
Right. Because if I, when I changed my friend group, you know, as I started to change in my business, change in my personal life, you know, I got divorced and I, I started a new business, um, a whole different incarnation because, you know, obviously I, I lost my old business in the divorce and I had to create a new lifestyle for myself. And a lot of things changed for me. My beliefs changed, my yeah. energy shifted. You know, I became, I know it sounds funny, but I came so happy and free and go, wow, I got to yeah. over. I can, I can start again. You know, even though it was painful to pull it all apart or give it away, what it did was it burned my old life to the ground and allowed me to build a new one. So yeah. When I built that new life, I started to attract and talk to people about different things. And, you know, some very dear old friends fell away and were replaced by new ones. And not that we don't ever speak again, but, you know, you change and you think about things differently. And when life happens to you, you become richer, deeper, more in tune, more connected. You can be. Some people become bitter and push everything away. But I think... For the purposes of today's show, we're going to assume that changes or trauma or loss changes us to a way that we're kind of like more, our antennas are up. We're more sensitive to all these kind of subtle, whether they're vibrations or energy or experiences, it's just different. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think understanding, like think of yourself uh, 10 years ago and then go, if you can go back 20 years ago, right? Go back to your childhood, go back to, and think about yourself and what you thought, what perceptions you had of the world. And then imagine yourself going into a circumstance. Say, for example, imagine yourself walking into uh, Disneyland, right? And you're in the crowded street of Disneyland and what draws your attention? So you're standing, looking at this crowd, you're on Main Street at Disneyland and you're looking out and imagine yourself at these different ages of your life and where, where is your attention going to go? right? You're, you are, if you are yourself currently, and depending on what's going on in your mind, maybe you're going to notice, uh, maybe you're feeling bad about yourself right now and your, your mind is going to go, your eyes are going to go to things where you're comparing yourself to other people and say, maybe you go back uh, to your childhood and you're focused on, you know, where's the candy shop, <laughs> right. right? Your attention's going to go there. And, or maybe you're in a great mood. If you go back to a time where it's you and you're in a fantastic mood, you're going to start noticing all the other people that are joyful and are happy. And it's the exact same scene, right? It's the same street, same right. experience, everything the same, but your experience in each of those circumstances is totally different. And it's because your inner landscape is dictating what you perceive in your outer landscape and you're creating that reality for you. So for, for the you that's feeling bad about yourself, it becomes a sort of a depressing experience, right? Because you're comparing yourself to all the people, maybe all the, you know, girls in their short shorts or whatever it is. <laughs> and then if you're you feeling great, you, it's a really uplifting, happy experience. And you notice all the joyful people who are having a great time, who are excited to be there. And if it's you as a kid, it becomes, you know, a, a experience of, you know, all kinds of novelty and new things and candy and whatever it is, right? So it's, it's a different experience. That same, it's like a canvas walking in your world, your whole life is like a canvas and you are creating it based on where you are at right now. And where you are at right now is a combination of 
all of the stories and the history that you're carrying and the influences, that, the beliefs that you have, right? All of those things are then coloring your inner experience. And it's just like you are projecting. It's like you are a walking projector projecting out into the world what it is that you want to see. And that's what's reflected back to you. Well, it's almost like, you know, when you were talking about that, I remember like I used to work as at the prices right at CVS and we'd always go like, what's behind door number two? Yeah. <laughs> so it really is like you walk in, but instead of the doors being uniform and red, you yeah. have multiple doors that you can choose to walk through and have that experience. Like I, you know, I've been doing these shows for 12 years and you just gave me the most amazing aha moment because I always hear that phrase like what you focus on expands. Yeah. But I really didn't get it until you put me in Disneyland and you gave me the choice of like, you know, standing in line, watching the light parade or going to the candy store. Right. So right, right there is a very simple thing of saying, well, what you focus on expands. So if you focus on the light show, oh my gosh, the Disney light show is so great. If you go to the candy store, you're like, oh my God, my waistline is the only thing expanding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you get sick from the candy. So now the experience yeah. at Disneyland isn't great. Or if you focus on the lines, how long yeah. they are. Yeah. Well, this is not great because all I did was waste my time in line at Disneyland. Yeah. Three different doors to open and you get to choose. I don't think most people recognize they get to choose. You know, we're more like, like for me, I was like a sleep or a zombie. Yeah. Gravitate towards if I was feeling bad, all I would do is see the complaining lines. If I'm, you know, hungry, maybe all I see is the candy stores and the fudge shops. Or if I'm feeling really great and uplifted, like, wow, look at the beautiful lights or high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, you're totally right. And it is. And and so there's, there's the first level to this, which I think is incredibly helpful is to understand that, that it's, there's sort of the mood element of what are your current thoughts? How are you feeling that day? And can you shift those to then focus and notice the things that are going to make you feel better, right? Can you choose a happier thought? But then there's the next level down, which to me has been a a huge part of my spiritual growth, which is, um, uh, so, okay. So one of the things that I had to, to grow through in my lifetime has been, um, my masculine energy that the, the circumstances that I was born into really, uh, put me out of whack or my male, my masculine and everybody's, all of us are a balance of masculine and feminine energy. We have both. Ideally we have both and express both, but most of us are, are lean one way or the other. We either lean into our masculine or we lean into our feminine and we have wounds either in the feminine or in the masculine. My wounds were in the masculine. Right. So what that meant in terms of my lived experience is that the men that showed up in my life were not awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that was like across the board, right? Like I had, I mean, I, I had uh, the people that would, you know, the men that would sit next to me if I was, in, in, you know, on a plane, the men that would show up behind me in line were not awesome. It was like, that was what I was attracting into my life was, was guys who were maybe expressing immature masculine traits, right? Yeah. And, and through the work that I've done, which has been conscious and, and a, a lot, <laughs> I am now balanced between my masculine and feminine. And the, one of the most fantastic shifts that I've seen is that I used to think, like when I was younger, I used to think there was like no men that I would meet that I would be like, wow, he's fantastic. Like what an amazing man. Now I'm surrounded by them. Like every man that seems to come into my orbit, they're wonderful. 
and that's a brand new your orbit i need to get on a plane (laughs) yeah even like the guys that stand behind me in line the guys that show up like just the people that i meet in passing it's like they're i meet all the really nice solid you know really that that mature masculine that you know the the best elements of masculine energy that's what's showing up in my life now and that was because and that was my own internal landscape before i had damaged masculine energy and so that's what i was drawing in and now i'm healed and the men that are attracted in my life and i have wonderful male friends now it's 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 a and that that's a to me that's that's sort of the second layer beyond because I couldn't control that before. Like, boy, did I want to attract better men into my life and before, but I really didn't know how to do it. And right. it was the healing process that allowed me to, to get, once I was good on the inside, then my outside reflected it. Very much so. Like I think of, you know, like the, 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 the men that I attracted in my twenties and then the thirties and the forties, cause they, you know, I've been kind of single through, you know, not the whole time I was married, you know, for a decade, but you know, in between those things. And I look at the men that I, that I do attract very, very different today than the ones yeah. that I did younger. You know, they're they're thoughtful, they're pensive, yeah. they're soft-spoken, you know, and then in my 20s, it was like, if you carried a gun and you were a jarhead or a Marine, like, <laughs> I'm a girl, not that there's anything bad about Marines, I love them, I've worked with the Marine Corps for 30 years now, I think they're great, you know, Semper Fi, my heart and soul, Yes, but, you know, a very different type of energy, because yeah. I'm different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that that piece of it, and, and it can be really frustrating when you're in the thick of it because like you you may know consciously that this isn't what you want. When you're attracting something you don't want, you may recognize, I don't want to have this experience anymore, but it keeps showing up because there's, and it's hard sometimes to get to where is that core wounding? You know, what what is it and where is it and how do I unravel it? And it's a process, right? It's a, and it, it's, it has to be a, you know, a gentle self-loving process that, that gets you to a place where that gradually unwinds and releases and, and allows you to come back into balance. Um, and it, ha, you know, it has a lot to do with, with a lot to do with self-love and self-acceptance. Well, and that's, that's what, where I want to like drill into right now, because I think of the times in my life where I need, I want, I'm frustrated. Yeah. I think that's a lot of hot energy, you know, it's like, yeah. heat and it, it drew into me combative personalities. It drew into me, you know, what you called like, you know, Im- Im- immature masculine traits, you know, yeah. things like that. and then, you know, when I did a lot of work on myself, all of a sudden, I didn't need a husband anymore. I didn't want a husband anymore. What I wanted was companionship. I wanted happiness. I wanted joy, somebody to talk to. Like, I know a little bit of that is aging, but there was the desperation taken yes. out of it because all of a sudden, and I don't know how it happened. I probably, you know, you know, years of therapy, tons of radio shows, reading lots yeah. of books, you know, yeah. lots of journaling, lots of crying. I got to a place where I'm like, you know what? If I'm married, great. If I'm not married, great. I love my life and I love the people in it. And our, there's not an urgency anymore. And probably because I have my kids, you know, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you know, I get that when, when women are getting to a certain age and they're urgent about having their own kids. Yeah. But yeah that's definitely a big deal. I understand yeah. that. But yeah. when you get to the point where you 
don't have to be in a relationship, that's when they come out of the woodwork. I swear to God, I can look at my phone, (laughs) five or six texts for what are you doing on Saturday? Where are you? What you thinking about? What you working on? You know, all this love and care and they do. And then you don't have to choose because it's kind of like a man buffet at that point. (laughs) And you go, okay, I just worked out. So what do I want? Well, I want something light and fresh and fruity. You know, what do I want? And then, you know, it's like, gee, I want to go to the movies. So who will I pick to go to the movies? And I'm not trying to be obnoxious and say, oh, I'm so great. Yeah. But you start to become like a puzzle piece that interconnects and locks with other puzzle pieces. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And it's, it is, I think what you were saying before about that, there was a lot of heat around it before. And I, I love that because, um, I look at that as like, whenever it is that you really want something, like what you're, when you're focusing on how much you want something, what you're really focusing on is the fact that it's lack, that you're lacking it. And, and you, by focusing on that, by focusing, by feeling that strong want, you are creating more lack that it, it is anytime that there's a lot of heat around something, it's a form of resistance, right? It's, it doesn't allow energy to flow fluidly or softly the way that it wants to. And so it's, 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 uh, if you're really, if you're, the more that you're sort of struggling against not having it the more that you are in resistance to having it, which is, it's, it's hard because it's like, how do I master that? How do I, and I get it. Like as is, is if, if you don't currently have it, how do you get out of the feeling of not having it? (laughs) Well, that's it. I mean, it's like, and you know, everybody hears these phrases and that's where like, you know, like what you focus on expands or the whole thing, you know, don't be in lack because you attract more lack to you. And, you know, those all sound good. They're like, but then what does that really look like? And for me, what it looked like was everyone, like I would go to movie night in the park and everybody, I'd look around and go couple, 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 couple. I'm by myself lugging the stuff with the kids. Yeah. And, you know, going to back to school night, like, oh, parents are, now there's lots of single parents. There's lots of people who the husband goes, the wife goes to the other school, but my perception was I'm like, I'm the only one not married. I'm the only one without a husband. My kids yeah. are, you know, and that's yeah. what lack looks like. You start noticing all these little things. And yeah. the funny thing changed as I got more whole within myself and I stopped looking at what I didn't have and started looking at what I did have. All of a sudden I'm like, wow, I get to order pizza and I get to watch this movie and I don't have to listen to somebody like the guy in front of me talk about his bad day, you know, and ruin the (laughs) And, you know, the couple behind me is having an argument over money and I'm like, well, I could fight with myself or I could just like, and then the funny thing happened after that, Anne, is when I started, you know, because the movie night in the park is like, you know, 15 weeks every year in our town. So then I started unloading my stuff out of the car and other dads would be like, Hey, can I get that cooler for you? Hey, can oh, I get nice. for you? Very different experience. Now, of course the wife's like, how can you never do that for me? <laughs> I heard some people have a fight in behind me about that. And he's like, look, he goes every week she's lugging a, cause I would stroller, you mm. know, the little playpen for the baby, you know, cause my kids were three months old and three years old when I started doing that. We still do it today. Wow. Wow. But it's interesting, the different, you know, I think I, I, when you, when you live in lack and you focus on all the things you don't have, you give off like an angry, bitter, rotten energy. And when I shifted to, Hey, this is great. I can leave when I want. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to make dinner for anybody. I can just, you know, order the pizza, you know, and pick it up and bring it to the park, things like that. I started focusing on how the benefits of it, because it's so has true. a flip side. It's, well, you know, it's, what's really funny is whatever state you are in, whether that be single or married or with children or without children, is that there, there's other people around you who are in the opposite state who are looking at you and feeling lack. Is that yeah. they are the people who have children are being driven crazy by their kids and they're looking at you sitting peacefully and not being bothered and thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I had what she has. Right. Yeah. Not that they're saying they don't want their children, but they want your ability to be out and to be an adult. <laughs> well, to be free. Like that's, here's another good one. Cause I'm a big person and of going, this is what it looks like, feels like, tastes like. Cause we label things and then we don't even know what those labels mean, but we've heard them so much. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't resonate. And I remember being so nervous, you know, this guy that I'm dating now, I really like him. He's really attractive. And I remember saying to my mom friends who are all married, I'm like, I am so nervous. Like I'm getting ready for this date. I'm like, I think he's going to kiss me tonight. Like, you know, I'm, I'm over 40 and I'm, ha- you know, having like this 13 year old girl going to the dance moment. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know what they said was my friends at the table were saying, wow, like we will never feel that again. And it doesn't yeah. mean that they didn't love their husbands and love all those things, but they were like, wow, I remember that excitement of getting ready for a date and, you know, yeah. picking out the dress and thinking about where you're going to go on Friday or Saturday night and what you're going to do and the magic of that first kiss. Yeah. Now in my world, it was riddled with anxiety, fear, and oh my God, like how many breath mints do I have? Yeah. <laughs> They were looking at, oh, they remember how wonderful that was. So same event, there's your Disneyland example, same event, two completely different experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it is, um, uh, going into that and recognizing, and I think it's, 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 you have to remember as you're in the middle of experiencing it, there is the pain of it. And, and I think before you get to the place where you can sort of start to see the other perspective, I think it helps. Um, and part of the healing process, I think, is to sort of um, be okay with yourself, is sort of like to, to not deny that you're having the feelings that you're having and to say, okay, I see myself. I see that in this moment, I'm feeling sad or lonely or alone or whatever it is. And then to be compassionate to yourself, right? To say, to imagine yourself, that inner part of you that's feeling sad, I like to look at myself on the inside as if I am the parent to myself, yeah. right? How would I treat me if I was my, if I was my own child? And, and would I say, would my inner dialogue sound the same if I was speaking to myself as if I was my own child? Mm-hmm. And it would change, right? I would be much more compassionate. I would, I would, when I felt sad or lonely, rather than saying, you should, you're, you know, you shouldn't be feeling that way. Rather than denying my feelings, I would say, I understand you feel sad and lonely and that's okay. And you're allowed to feel sad and lonely. And, and that's a normal reaction. And here's another thing. Here's something that might make you feel better, right? But I think having that acknowledgement up front of, of being gentle with yourself and not I think a lot of us, we get mad at ourselves, we feel bad, and then we're mad at ourselves for feeling bad, <laughs> Right? you know? And, it's, and if you think of yourself as your own child, how kind are you being to you, right? Are you really, is that really how you would treat, your, treat a child? Not, no, right? We're much harder on ourselves than we, than we would be to another person, and that, that isn't how it should be. That there really is, 
It's, I, I really think that the, the best way to sort of come to terms with yourself is to understand that there's, there's multiple yous rattling around inside of yourself. Yes. <laughs> well, and sometimes, don't you think, you know, because this has happened to me, but my inner parent voice also needs to like flex some tough love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's times when I found myself saying something and it's even on the radio, you know, I'll say something and then I'll get all weepy. And then it's like, dude, 10 years have passed. Like, get over it. Stop it. You know, you're not helping yourself. Don't get on the pity train. Don't get on the same yeah. train. Don't get on yeah. the, you know, or like enough is enough now. Cause I, I, a lot of times I think it's my mom. Because yeah. it comes in her voice. So sometimes I do think it's my mom. Because she's like, I didn't raise you to sit and cry all day. I didn't <laughs> raise you to feel sorry for yourself. Get <laughs> up and get yourself to the gym. Get up, get to work. Get up and, you know, take yeah. a for a walk. Now stop it. And that's mm. like, you know, because I do, I have a very rich life in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's also, there's compassion, but there's also tough love. Because yeah. the voice in your head that is loving but firm yeah. It's not that voice in your head that's like, you know, you're too fat to go on this date with a guy. Right. Right. No, you're right. There's there it can be really constructive. Those times when you and some of that I would consider to be that more like noticing if you're heading down a, you know, the wrong track, if you're reaching for that fifth cookie and you're like, okay, don't do that. <laughs> right. right? That's a positive. That's a positive thing. But it's the part that I really notice that I think where we can be more compassionate is, is in when, when we're really, when we're feeling pain and that's the place where, where, um, to, to acknowledge that and to acknowledge, yes, you're feeling this way. And here's another, here's a different, not to say not like, like where it becomes, uh, not constructive is where you're in pain and you are self-pitying. Right. Yeah. When you're telling yourselves stories that send you in that downward spiral so that you're, you're not just dealing with the pain, you're um, really bathing in it, <laughs> right? Oh, when it becomes, yeah. you're just finding more, more and more self-pitying stories. And that's where you need to give yourself the boot and say, okay, this is not, not constructive. Acknowledging, yes, you feel sad. That's a normal experience to feel sad with what you, what you, you know, what you're experiencing is true. It's normal to feel that way. And here's more, you know, let's do something more positive. Let's, let's find a way to feel better right now. Or let's run with it for a short period of time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I know like that's when I turn on Heartland and binge watch, you know, Frankie <laughs> and binge watch or pick something that I know will make me feel, make me cry and then uplift me in the end. Like that's why some yeah. good go-to movies are so great. Cause yeah. I put them on, on, um, my voodoo account, you know, where you can keep your movies forever digitally. So if I'm having a really bad day and I know this is like the dumbest movie ever, but it always makes me happy. 27 dresses. When I see her and I see all the different wedding dresses, you know, it's a Catherine <laughs> Heigl movie. It's a stupid, stupid movie. I don't think I've seen it. I have oh, to watch it. You have it. to watch it. It's really okay. stupid. But it's one of your typical paint-by-number romantic comedies. It's got, you know, a cute guy in it. Catherine Heigl, I like her. You know, she's yeah. kind of a dopey, goofy girl who is is the girl who always says yes to her friends. And so she's having to coordinate. She's like a maid of honor (laughs) um, for like 25 women. Oh my God. And she has no relationship. She's in love with her boss. You know, it's tragic. And it's basically her coming to full circle to going, I matter. 
And yeah. then when she matters at the end, she gets the handsome guy and there's a romantic, you know, ending to it and everything turns out okay. And then in the credits, there's a, there's all of her, the day that she gets married, I'm the spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> all of her in her dream sequence, you see all of her brides and all their different dresses, not the brides, the, the maid of honor dresses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the California girl, her skirt is short and slutty. And then, you know, some Southern girl has the Southern belle outfit with the parasol. But <laughs> if you like dresses and you like romance and you like comedy and it's like, it's really light and it's yeah. like, go to sleep, go on, all is well in the world. And yeah, you have a yeah. good cry, you know, during part of it, you feel really sorry for her. At least I do. But those are the neat stuff that you can use a movie to change your state and help you move through those feelings. Yeah. And that's my pity party movie. And I usually <laughs> will get like ice cream or chocolate or make popcorn. And then I would have to do this by myself. Like no yeah. kids, no girlfriends. Yes. I'm just going to sit there and go, Oh my God, I'm hurt. I can't say no. I'm going to be alone <laughs> And then at the end I'm like, Oh, I could do my hair like that. You know? <laughs> I love that. I'm definitely going to watch that. I haven't seen it before. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, you know, the point is like sometimes if we're, in order for feelings to, especially our negative ones, we have to feel them and let them pass through or evaporate or burn off. Yes. If, if you've ever tried to be really sad, time yourself. I yeah. can be sad for like four or five minutes. I'm talking really sad. Like oh, I yeah. cry for four or five minutes, but after that, like I got nothing left. No, you're totally right. And that's actually, there's an exercise I do that, and I can actually, I could lead you through it right now if you want. There's an exercise I do that helps to release feelings and it takes, it takes about 90 seconds to do it. Cause you can't, if you really feel into a feeling, it's actually impossible to hold it for more than about 90 seconds. And I think that what's fascinating is that the reason why it takes us so long is that we are, we don't we are afraid to feel our feelings like right. we end up rather than letting it come up we we eat to stuff it down right we stay busy to stuff it down whatever our escape is we do to keep to prevent that feeling from coming up whereas if we would just let it come up and feel right. it it would only last for 90 seconds you know but it's just that that feeling of it coming up is sort of like it's like when you start going really fast down a hill it's that same feeling of acceleration that makes you fearful right yep. And allowing that feeling to come up, there's that initial fear of, oh my gosh, this is coming up. And then we fight it and we push it down. And if you just allow it to come up, but I do a, I do a little meditation where what I do is I go in and I feel in my body where the feeling is. If you just focus in, you can actually locate the feeling in your body. Sure. And then I allow it to expand and get as big as it possibly can knowing that it's only going to last for 90 seconds. And I let it get bigger and bigger and bigger until I can't feel it anymore, until I can't seem to hold on to it. It's kind of just, it'll start getting really big until it's almost sort of suffocating. And then, and then it just expands and leaves. And, and then I fill back in with a visualization of golden light and I'm good to go. Right. That's yeah, it true. works great. Yeah. So that's my little process that I use, but it really, really works well. And it's, it's all about sort of letting, letting the feelings pass through you yes. and recognizing that. And I, I have to be aware, be conscious of maybe when I'm, uh, for example, if I'm running to the pantry to look for chips, because maybe I'm not, I'm trying not to feel my feelings. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Or 
you're trying to soothe them. Let's be honest. Yes. Chips or chocolate or any of those things, you know, there's a reason we eat our feelings, you know? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It does work. Now it gives us an outcome we don't want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it does work. I mean, let's be honest. If you're having a bad day and I say, you know what? Let's and let's you and I let's go out and, and share a molten chocolate lava cake. Just <laughs> me a scoop of ice cream, some syrup, some brownie, and all that chocolate goodness. Yeah. You know, after we eat it, we'll feel kind of a little sick, but really happy. <laughs> kind of drugged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but but you know, it's like certain things when people think about sex addiction, alcohol addiction, sugar yeah. addiction, even mm-hmm. like fitness addiction. I can be a little crazy with that. And every yeah. day at four o'clock, I used to reach for a diet Coke or a candy bar. You know, it's like kind of my like eh, time of the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. So I started teaching spin at that time. And so now, you know, I have to do that yeah. at that time. So, you know, it's pick your poison, but you got to walk through that door. You have to feel those feelings, even if you're feeling them over the hot fudge Sunday. Right, right. And I think the more that you do that, the more that you sort of clear up that inner picture so that your outer picture starts to shift as well. Like yeah. I think that's the process as you go through that process of noticing. And what's cool about that is that if if you sort of adopt this whole idea of of allowing your feelings to come up, of 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 noticing when you have them and then letting them expand and and leave you then it's literally like a, um, a process of, of, of whatever you are engaging with in your life. If you're going out, if things are triggering you, they all of a sudden become opportunities to bring up your junk and clear it. Is that you actually almost welcome those circumstances where you get triggered, where something bugs you because it's like, ooh, there's a spot. I just noticed there's something, there's a, I have some heaviness there. I have something that's, for some reason, this person I just ran into at the store triggered me and got me upset or got me feeling icky. Where is that in my body? Why, why am I feeling that? And then and just notice it, let it expand, let the feeling, if it's, you know, whatever it is, let it expand. And then allow it to leave you. And that that's your, it's like hygiene, right? You're clearing out your inner picture. Or sweating it out, like emotional sweat. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's to me, that is, it, having that, it not only does it clear your junk that you're carrying, your blocks, but it also reframes your experience day to day as you're going through your day, right? And rather than looking at all the irritations as irritations, notice them as just reflections and opportunities to then they're helping you to notice bringing up what it is, what your inner junk is. Well, yeah. And I can tell you, like when I was really at my lowest state, you know, I had a lot of, I just hopped on the old gravy train of inner junk and you know, <laughs> if it was negative, I sucked it up like a sponge. And you know, what I noticed was everything started breaking around me. Like my washer and dryer broke, my water ro- broke, my, my pool filter broke, my garbage oh and it was so funny because I was sitting in the middle of my living room, cross-legged, doing my meditation, like bawling, like tears running down my face. And then I thought to myself, well, what do you expect? You call your house the tomb, which I did. You know? <laughs> and it's always cold because it, like, it has a river running through it very far underneath. But I would tell people it's like, it's because there's like a dead Indian burial ground under there. You know, and I would make all these <laughs> funny jokes. But what I realized is what I was emitting was just massive negative vibrations. And 
of course everything's going to break around me. Of course yeah. the things are going to be in disrepair and yeah. my roses are dying. And, you know, even now I haven't washed my, or watered my roses for like a month because I was in New York on vacation. And I'm like, they're still hanging in there. It really does affect all the things around us. Oh my gosh. It's so true. I, you know, I remember one of the big um, lessons from parenting when I was, when my kids were little, um, they were, they were, uh, you know, probably five and seven, let's say maybe a little younger than that, four and six. But in any case, we'd been out for the day. Um, my husband at the time traveled a lot. So I would be home alone with the kids for, for a lot, a lot of the time. Right. And I was tired, you know, I was tired and I was crabby and I was, I'd taken the kids for an outing and they were just at each other, right? Just the little picking, picking, picking. And it was, they were, they were, it was not fun. And we came into the house and they were taking off their shoes and I saw them sort of being squirmy and bugging each other. And right in that moment, I noticed that I was crabby. I noticed that I was feeling bad and I just took a moment and I paused and I sort of shifted and I said, okay, what if I noticed what they were doing well, right? Rather than me being crabby and noticing what they're doing wrong, what if I all of a sudden just took a breath, calmed myself and focused on what was positive? And I just made that little internal shift and it was literally like a 180 shift in my kids. Like all of a sudden they were peaceful. They were getting along. They were behaving. It was literally like, I didn't even have to say anything. It was like a mirror being held up, reflecting back to me, my internal state. It was amazing. Right. And so from that point forward, I just, I became very aware when, when, when I started, my kids started misbehaving, I would stop and, and look at myself and be like, okay, how am I right now? Right. What's my internal state? Am I good? What am I reflecting to them? And it would help that I mean, it wasn't a hundred percent of the time, but it was a lot of the time. Right. Well, and I think, you know, people get into habit you know, like the negative habit and they focus on, you know, um, they focus on all these, these things that are going on around them. And then it just creates more. And I want to continue this conversation, but I need to take us to the end of the show. We've been visiting today with Ann Tucker. What a great show. Ann, what's your website so people can look you up and they can get your book, Undoubtedly Awesome, anywhere books are sold. Thank you. It's at antucker.com and I'm on Facebook at Spirit Means Business and, and my book Undoubtedly Awesome is on Amazon. Love that. Love that. We'll be back again next week with another great show. There's three or four recordings this season with Ann Tucker. So if you like what you heard today, go ahead to our website and um, anywhere you pick up this podcast, we'll have more shows with me and Ann Tucker. You're not going to want to miss them. We'll see you again next week. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.